1: free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
3: I got a huge assist from Grammarly
2: You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
0: Welcome in to Lachdawn Knicks, Alex Wolf here. And, man, it's tough to, like, say this with a straight face. The Knicks win 142 to 118. Over the Nets, absolute NBA 2K numbers, 81-point first half. Jalen Brunson has 30 in the first half. Quentin Grimes is crushing it. Julius Randle largely has a great game. Just a totally fun game all around. I'm getting into it next on Locked on Knicks.
2: You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here
3: he comes right now. Starts, without a five. Ewing for the rim, yes! Hubs, hubs left, and now fires it. And he scores, and he scores! And he scores! And he scores! Anthony for three! Five That one goes down! back up, off the glass, it's good! RJ Byers!
0: Becomes infectious. Welcome in to Locked on Knicks. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. I appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit subscribe button and the notification bell so you never miss a video. Or if you're on your favorite podcast app, be sure to hit the auto download function so you never miss one either. Because we are coming to you guys five days a week, all season, and typically all off season too. We we do our do our damn thing here, uh, five episodes a week. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Nick's site, The Strickland going solo today to break down this Knicks one forty two to one eighteen. Yes, that's right, one forty two in regulation to one eighteen win over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I mean. It's like a total video game score, man. This felt like NBA 2K. Like, Can you remember a time when last year it was a miracle if the Knicks would score like 95 some games? And now there's a game where they just scored 142. And 81 in the first half. I mean, 81 in an entire game could have been a game last year. And they did that in the first half this year in this game, just absolute insanity. They had a 30-point lead at one point. Uh, They kept the Nets behind by about 20 the whole second half, and that was even without their best effort to start the third quarter. I thought they kind of let their foot off the gas a little too much uh, to start the third quarter, particularly Julius Randle, who otherwise had a really great game. So it's just he was the main culprit that kind of stood out there. But, I mean – they just kept the Nets at about a 20-point arm's length for most of the second half and wind up winning the whole thing by 24. Uh, just an absolutely crazy game for the Knicks. Uh, and Just such a fun time, man. It was just such a good one to watch. It was. There's nothing quite like watching your team just absolutely shellack another good team. And it was sort of not unlike what they did to... Boston the other day as well except for against a clearly inferior opponent that did not have Jason Tatum uh which you know made things made the Nets have a a much worse day than even the Celtics did the other day uh the Knicks how'd they get there they shot a ridiculous 20 of 35 from three that is 57.1 from distance for those of you keeping score at home they also shot 60.7 percent overall which is just an insane number for a team to shoot over the course of an entire game. That's that's crazy. I think at one point midway through the second quarter, they were shooting like 70 or 75% as a team or something too, which is even more crazy. I mean, they were just so good and honestly how surprising quite frankly, that they were able to put up that crazy amount of scoring considering The guys that the Nets just brought back, like the whole thing, at least on the surface, was like, well, the Nets just, you know, traded the farm. They got rid of Irving. They got rid of Durant, you know, but they brought back all these like long defensive minded wings that, you know, are like winning type players that you want that can defend a bunch of positions and all this other stuff. Like Macau Bridges was literally a defensive player of the year candidate last year and was guarding Brunson and yet just got absolutely worked. It was kind of crazy. Uh, But the Knicks also out-rebounded them 55-36, to which uh, has a lot to do with Mitchell Robinson uh, just being a dominant force in nature there, as usual. Uh, Just an awesome performance in that regard, too. And honestly, when when is the last time that we've seen a stretch like this dominant as the run that they're on right now? I feel like even two years ago, or even in 2012-13, maybe the very beginning of the 1213 season, I seem to, I I'd have to go back and look at game logs and stuff, but I seem to remember that you know they came out on fire and it didn't most of the wins felt pretty convincing, which is why everybody got so like high on that team so quickly. Uh, but like two years ago, it was a lot of like the Knicks winning on like the last few possessions and you know like closer games you know they had the the win streak late in the season of uh 8 games i think was the the total late in the season a couple of years ago but like things were different then this this is this feels different especially these last 3 games uh the Pelicans and the Celtics and the Nets this has just felt like a whole different breed as far as how dominant the Knicks are looking right now And it is a really good time. You know who really looked like he was having a good time tonight was Jalen Brunson, who I've already alluded to a little bit, so I should probably just talk about him in full. 30 points in just the first half. He ends the game with 39 points on 15 of 18 shooting, 5 of 6 from 3, and 4 of 4 from the line. Again, let me read that one more time. 15 of 18 shooting for the game 5 of 6 from 3 and 4 of 4 from the free throw line 6 assists and 5 rebounds i mean just an absolute like the number one thing that came to my mind with his performance in this game was he was a warrior in this game i mean he banged knees with Macau early um i believe it was on a Macau drive or maybe it was on a Brunson drive i forget but they were they got entangled a little bit down below the the hoop and It it was Brunson. Brunson was the one that committed the foul. So he was on defense because then he he banged his knee. Didn't look great. He was kind of on the ground for a second. Seemed a little shaken up, got up, and then was like clearly limping pretty bad. I would assume amateur doctor here, like maybe it's a a bruise on his knee. I would assume uh, based off the fact that he was able to walk it off, but, you know, got up. Did like a bunch of laps in the backcourt while Macau was shooting his free throws. And then, you know, it, I actually I wound up watching the Nets broadcast for the first half of this one because I had a DVR and I got home a, a little late from the gym. So I was like 15, 20 minutes behind the first half and then had to like catch up on commercials. And for whatever reason, uh, my uh, cable decided to record the yes broadcast instead of the MSG one whatever. So I was watching that and they were just like, Oh, his gait is different. You know, like, Oh, he looks, he doesn't look too good. I don't know. Why aren't they taking him out of the game yet? And then he proceeded to just like absolutely torch the nets for the whole first half and it didn't come out any earlier than he normally would have. He definitely looked like he was grimacing a bit and kind of looked like that for the whole rest of the game. And he mentioned afterwards, that his knee still hurt, but I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's just got to uh, have a, banged knee to to break out of a little mini slump because he he was sort of slumping Um, you know since coming back from the all-star break in the three games prior to this one he had been averaging 16.7 points but the shooting slashes were not great Uh, 33.3 percent from the field 21.4 percent from three so things were not going Super great for him to start things off uh post all-star break. This game, definitely that the kind of game that can get you going again, because it (laughs) it's pretty rare that you shoot 15 of 18 and five of six from three in any given game. And honestly, it felt like he almost could have done more, except for the Knicks sort of deferred to like Julius a bit more in the second half and also like quickly was getting a little more and and RJ and and that sort of thing. So it, uh, it sort of all just like evened out where Brunson eventually just kind of started passing out of the double teams or whatever and, and letting other guys have their fun because he helped get the Knicks to like a 30-point lead in the first half, which is absolutely crazy. Uh it, He was also just kind of back to having that effortless quality to his game. And I hope that that continues because that's the most fun version of Jalen Brunson to watch. And it's not particularly close. Uh, but... I want to get into a bunch of other guys like Quentin Grimes, who I mentioned, who had also had a fantastic shooting night. Not that, you really want to say that for almost everybody on the floor in this game. But, you know, Grimes shot 8-12, had 22 points. Julius Randle flirted with a triple-double with 21-8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was fantastic. So there's still a lot to get into for this game. But I do have to real quick remind you all that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. False. The three-quarters way, Mark, is here. Fan duel. Get it right. We've been talking about this. We're in the fourth quarter of the season. But now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. There's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsback Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And I'll tell you what, great bet you can make right now, uh, and this comes from Uh, My buddy Adam, who is in the Strickland Discord and is also on Twitter, uh, he brought up the other day that Emmanuel Quickly was trending at like plus 8,000 odds for six man of the year. I placed a nice little $10 bet on that that could potentially pay out $800 if it wins. Uh, But quickly, the, the odds are rapidly increasing because I think this six man of the year thing is actually gaining some steam and Vegas has word of it. If that's the case, go get on it now. I think he's still at like plus twenty four hundred or something like that, which is still great odds. That'll pay you out a that'll pay you out two hundred forty bucks on a ten dollar bet. So definitely go check that out. But FanDuel also lets you combine bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same game parlays. That's one of my favorite things to do just on a game night. If you're not into like a long term futures bet that you got to wait on. You could definitely go play a same-game parlay on the night of a Knicks game. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, and I'm back to continue talking about this great Knicks win again. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing I did after the Celtics game. I'm going to say the final score every single time that I come back from a break. Just as a reminder, 142 in regulation to 118. The Knicks win this game. Uh, and they had 81 points in the first half. If you hadn't heard that yet, that is, that's a fun fact. 81 points. In the first half for the Knicks, Quentin Grimes, big part of that, had 22 points in this game on 8 of 12 shooting and six of nine from three. Very nice. He felt like it felt like to me, you know, Grimes and Brunson both sort of had the type of games that they needed in this game. Grimes, it feels like lately, uh, similar to Brunson, has just not been. I won't say him not quite himself because he's still doing like on defense, he's still doing his job and. You know, Grimes is great like that, where he doesn't have to be scoring to be effective. You know, he's going to do other things on the court that are going to make it more than okay to keep him starting and keep him out there and everything else. But this game was like one of those super hot from three games that I feel like he's needed lately. He's been like having a lot of single digit scoring efforts and like, I think Grimes probably as soon as like next year is gonna really mature into like a solid like 15 point per game player. Um and this game is more like more portends that player than you know the the version that has not been scoring quite as much lately. It looks more like a you know a defense first guy. And look, I, I'm not like I was doubting him or anything. I just kind of knew he needed one of these games to get back into it. And this was the game. And I hope that now we start, just like with Brunson, we start seeing you know, the Grimes that we know and love a little more going down the stretch of the season. Uh, He really set the tone early for Brunson and for Julius and for pretty much anyone that felt like passing the ball too. Uh, He just was so automatic from three. It was a joy to watch, you know, Grimes when his jump shot is going as well as it can is just, I mean, it's like butter, you know, it's, it's so good. It's so much fun to watch. So I was super happy watching him get tons of corner threes and sink like every single one of them. Brunson kicked out to him for a couple. Randall kicked out to him for a couple, uh, which I'll talk about Randall's game in a minute. And the Grimes assists were some of the ones that I, I liked quite a bit. Um, but then in, in general, I, I just, I don't know. It was, a, it was a great game for for Grimes. He also had 14 as the second leading score in the first half, if you need further proof that he was like the secondary force behind Brunson. And I don't know, this was like, so other games, Grimes, I feel like shows a little more sometimes, Uh, you know, show a little bit more ball handling or, or transition work or something like that. This one was just, I felt like the perfect, like quintessential Quentin Grimes 3 and D experience, which is sort of his floor in a way, but also like is a great, like skill set for him to master at this stage in his career uh before then adding the other stuff in as he continues getting better and better, but like just mastering being a three and D guy right now, especially with how this team and how the offense is constructed, where he's like usually at best, like the fourth or third option on the floor at any given moment, like just working on like nailing those threes and playing defense, which I know he does is the way to go. And this was sort of like for me at this stage for this team, Basically a perfect Quentin Grimes game. Not to say that I would like turn it down if if he did some crazy stuff and like had a great dish to Mitchell Robinson or something. Cool, that'd be great. But like this experience in this game was like, this is what I want to see out of Grimes right now. And this is what's going to like help the Knicks a ton as they make this playoff push, which by the way, this I have not gloated about yet. They are now two games ahead of the Nets, I believe, after this, three and a half ahead of Miami uh as far as keeping a guaranteed playoff spot because Miami's now sitting in the seventh spot and they're only one and a half games back from the Cleveland Cavaliers for the four seed. So we might have a little repeat of a couple years ago and uh, where the Knicks just kind of cruise their way on into a into a top four seed and a and home court advantage, but this time I think with a much better team uh, than two years ago. Speaking of two years ago though, guy who was integral to that and has been integral to the Knicks during this run, Julius Randall, 21 points, eight rebounds, eight assists in this game. And he shot seven to 15 overall. Uh, but like, I, I alluded to this earlier and I don't want to like pile on because I thought the rest of his game was good, but it was a little worrisome. He came out like really lethargic or I don't, I don't know what word I would use, like lackadaisical in the third quarter. And like, I'm not going to say that like it almost tanked the game for the Knicks or anything, but it did allow the nets to get within like 18, which qualified as being close in this game at one point. And, you know, it was getting Mike Breen. I, I did switch over to the MSG broadcast for the second half. Thankfully, once I got caught up to live, uh, got Mike Breen a little worried. He was like, Oh, there's, you know, the nets are coming back. Like they were down by 30 you now they're only down by like 18 or 17 or whatever. Like the, the, highest point that they managed to get to in the fake comeback and ultimately the Knicks put that away and you know just were like shoot go away Nets but uh there was a little bit where where Julius was like not looking fantastic early in that second half but otherwise I thought he looked great um he actually didn't have a big scoring first half and I wonder if he was maybe trying to overcompensate a little bit to start the second half, but I loved his first half. I thought it was really good. He only had six points, but he had five assists in the first half and they were, I, I won't say all super different, but they were all super effective. Um, He hit RJ for a corner three. He hit Mitch for a huge dunk inside. That was the one I mentioned or the one I'm going to mention in a minute Um, that I was just an awesome Mitch dunk. I don't know why it brought me so much joy. Uh Just like a big two-handed flush, but Then hit Grimes for two triples and Emmanuel quickly for a triple and the two Grimes ones especially like really caught my eye. I thought that he just did a great job of baiting the defense and taking what was given to him and like the Nets just they weren't throwing hard doubles at him or anything but they were they had guys looking over their shoulder and being aware of Julius Randle a lot and that's. Sort of like the stuff you have to look out for. If you're a really good scorer, like, okay, am I getting more attention? Even if they're not saying these guys to swarm me, is it enough that, you know, I could take advantage of it? And he perfectly took advantage of it on the two Grimes ones. Like he was kind of just like coming into the lane and kind of going doing his new move that he loves to do where he kind of like comes in and then just kind of goes like parallel to the hoop instead of perpendicular. So instead of driving straight in, he kind of just starts driving like like sideways. And drew the defenders in, including Grimes' defender, towards him just a smidge, and then just whipped this like awesome little bullet pass to him for a made three. Uh, second one went largely the same way, but I-, I like Julius a lot when he's doing that sort of stuff, and you know, seeing the floor as well as that, um, which also included that awesome Mitch dunk. And I want to talk about Mitchell Robinson, along with Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, real quick. Uh, Once I get back from my second break, but I'm going to take that break now and then be back in just a sec.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
3: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
2: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
0: All right. And back to continue talking about this game, which, oh, can't forget. Got a gloat. Final score, in case you missed it, 142 to 118 in regulation. And the Knicks scored 81 points in the first half and led by 30. And Jalen Brunson scored 30 in the first half by himself. Uh honestly, if I told you that like Jalen Brunson outscored the entire Nets team for one quarter, would you even like be surprised? I I wouldn't. Uh it was just that sort of game where everything went right for the Knicks. That did not happen, though, by the way. Don't don't need to start any fake rumors considering there's plenty of great stuff to talk about uh without having to fabricate anything in this game. So Uh, Next guy I want to talk about is Mitchell Robinson who is uh, as I put in my notes a freaking beast Uh, 13 points six to six shooting 10 rebounds a steal and a block in this game and apparently according to MSG on the broadcast this is the first time in Mitch's career that he's had four straight double doubles in his career which I thought was really surprising Uh, but I'm not gonna not gonna question it I guess I, I guess it's not totally surprising like. It does seem like Mitch often comes in with like 12 points, nine boards or like like eight points, 13 boards or whatever, because a lot of what makes him good in a rebounding sense is that he does a lot of boxing out, too. So there's going to be some games where he doesn't get the 10 rebounds, but just prevents the other team's guy from getting 10 rebounds. Uh, And, you know, just lets like Julius Randle or now like Josh Hart or whoever take the the rebound and get on the run with it but uh yeah a great feat for mitch especially considering it's his first four games back from injury and i thought he did a really good job against nick nick claxton who had a pretty tough game himself they were uh they did note on the when i was uh unfortunately forced to watch the nets broadcast for the first half um they did note that nick claxton is currently i think sitting as if the season ended today he would be second Uh, all-time in field goal percentage for a single season behind, of course, the guy I'm talking about right now, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, And, you know, so with that in mind, Claxton only shot like, I think, three of seven in this game. I, I didn't write it down, but pretty sure that that was the number. And, I, you know, Mitch owned the boards. He owned the interior. He owned the matchup, I thought, which is impressive. Because, again, this Nets team, in theory, is built up of a bunch of like young role player dudes that are or youngish. You know, some of them are a little older, like Cam Johnson and McCall Bridges aren't exactly super young, but um, you know, youngish dudes that play defense that can like you know shoot and whatever. And in the case of Nick Claxton, uh, that can defend, that can rebound, that can you know make shots inside, and Mitch just completely owned the matchup. Uh, and himself went six of six shooting uh, so you know clearly was not too bothered in his own right there and I, I mentioned this dunk I'll, I'll bring it up again I don't know what was so satisfying about the dunk he got off a of Randall assist but like Randall hit him on the inside at one point for a nice wide open dunk and Mitch just threw down like the most vicious two-handed dunk I think what it was is it's sort of like every time he throws down a dunk like that that's like super duper powerful it makes me think of when trey burke there's a name you haven't heard in a minute when trey burke and mitch's rookie year uh in like training camp i think or maybe like partway through the year was calling him baby shack uh saying that he's you know like like plays like a like baby shack out there with how he you know dunks the ball and everything now that mitch actually is like full-on large and nba sized and like dominating the glass and stuff Definitely makes me think when he does those like particularly emphatic like two-handers and whatever, it does make me think a smidge of Shaq. Obviously, Shaq had a, a lot more in his bag than Mitch does on the offensive end. But just on those pure power dunks with two hands makes me think of him a lot. So uh definitely loved that. And I got to give props to Mitch, too. He's playing as well as he has this whole season in these four games since he got back. Like, big props to Mitch, dude. Like, for... A guy that had his issues like last year, for example, with having a less than ideal training regimen leading into the season that brought him in like kind of out of shape and like too bulky, like he just didn't prioritize the right things over the summer and stuff like that. And, you know, it sort of set him back a little bit. There would have been an easy opportunity where, you know, this injury that he was just coming back from missing 14 games could have you know, set him on that same path of like, okay, well, you know, maybe he doesn't train right or whatever and comes back and has spent like, you know, six games just getting back in game shape. And, you know, that might be a little detrimental to the Knicks who were, were kind of being like a well-oiled machine before that. Uh, it might sort of, you know, disrupt like the chemistry that they had going on and and all that. But Mitch, and none of that's a factor. Like he just, he clearly put in the work during, while he was hurt and stayed in every bit as good a shape as he was he almost looks like he's a little bigger like he was kind of like he described it i think uh uh there's a quote to rebecca harlow on the broadcaster that she had gotten from mitch like prior to the game or whatever that um he basically said that he approached this absence that he just had like almost like training camp 2.0 where he got to you know just get back in the weight room and whatever and you know could also, like, you know, uh, run and and do all that stuff and stay in just as good a shape as he wanted and also just, like, heal up and and get ready to go. And he's looked great. You know, kudos to Mitch, man. He looks fantastic. Uh, But I want to talk a little bit about three other guys, uh, Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett. Josh Hart first. These will be somewhat quick uh, because I'm going to wrap up. I, I feel like these games are almost getting, like, tough to talk for too long about because like the Knicks are just thoroughly destroying these teams and it's like well once again the Knicks played good defense and once again they scored a bunch of points and once again like Josh Hart hustled his butt off which he did uh, which I'll talk about now he only had four points so you know there's like two sides to the Josh Hart experience either he goes for like 20 and hits like a million things or he goes for like single digits which is fine I, I think that's totally cool because no matter what, he's affecting the game. And he definitely kind of does what's asked of him within the flow of the game, which is always a fantastic trait to have. But despite only having four points, I, I thought he really hustled his butt off like usual. Uh, he also had five assists and had a lot of pace pushing in that. You know, I it's the number one thing I've been loving since Hart joined the Knicks, is that he's just like push and pace, push and pace, push and pace. And that works so well for like RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and obviously Obi Toppin um, to have a guy like that that comes like pre-programmed thinking that way, like that he should be pushing the pace. When, you know, Tibbs a lot of times kind of goes anti that. And if guys want to push too much, it's almost like no. Like just go set up the half court. At least you imagine that has to be what the conversations are, because then they just start doing it. Even after they like push the pace more earlier this year, they've they've largely gone back to like half court sets again. So, I love that out of heart. Um, also, he had a he's building a bit of a rapport with uh, Hardstein. I think there was uh there was like two dunks that Hardenstein got off of Josh Hard assist. There was definitely one. It was very much like it reminded me of like how Quentin Grimes sometimes feeds either Mitch or Hartenstein, where it's just sort of like a nice like wraparound pass that found him. Um, but yeah, I, maybe we gotta start thinking of a a nickname for Hart and Hartenstein together. Um just like we still need one for Hart and Quickly too. Although I saw someone in the YouTube comments said maybe Hart and Quickly should be HQ, which could stand for headquarters, but reminds me, I just listened to this like podcast about uh HQ trivia from like back in like 2018 or whenever that was 2017, 2018. And uh, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of that, which is kind of funny. So maybe HQ, maybe that could work. I kind of like that, or high quality HQ could be high quality. Uh, that's another abbreviation, so kind of dig that. So Hart and Hartenstein, we gotta figure out what's up with that. I think, uh Old host of Locked on Knicks, James Marcita, at one point had said uh, Hart and Stein, which is kind of interesting. Can make for some interesting uh, graphics of like a Hart and a Beer Stein together. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, one last note on Josh Hart. He was a team high plus 30, which you love to see it. Uh, So then Emmanuel Quickly he had a nice little 15 point game off the bench, 6-12 shooting, 2-4 from 3. Again, pretty hard pressed to find anyone who had a bad shooting night in this game. Uh 50% and uh, 50% across the board for Quickly in this one. I don't I'm, I don't know what else to really say about Quickly at this particular moment in time other than like let's get that 6 man of the year campaign going, dude. Like the guy deserves it. I, honestly, at this point, the impact that he's providing every time he steps on the floor, is crazy. Um, he's making a transition from an all-star caliber player in Brunson to the bench, seamless, at the point guard position, which is all you can ask of a great six-man. And on top of that, he's playing great basketball with Brunson and with Julius Randle or with Obi Toppin or with whoever. He's like the skeleton key of the Knicks, where well Hart sort of is too. But those two just they play well with everybody. They're just like, you know, because they just like hustle and pass the ball and play defense and make shots. And it's like, what more could you ask for? That's that's pretty great to me. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, – I, I just thought it was another good game for quickly. I don't know. Not too much to report there, but fire up the six-man-of-the-year award, uh, you know, hype train here. And lastly, I'll just talk about R.J. Barrett. Some people might look at the box score and be like, I mean, great that I just praised Emmanuel quickly for having 15 points. RJ Barrett also had 15 points in this game. So talk about double standard. Like some people might look at the box score though and be like, ugh, RJ only had 15 points. What happened? But I I didn't think he had a bad game at all. Um, he his shot selection and his process were good. I thought he shot five of eleven. He hit two of two from three. Um, and ended with 15 points. I mean, I don't know. I didn't I thought the shot selection was good. I thought that I actually this was like sort of a good RJ game in the sense that he read the room and like just let Brunson cook when everybody else was also letting Brunson cook. I think sometimes RJ has a tendency to like even if like Julius or someone is kind of cooking, he'll go in and like try one of his like floaters inside or something. And I understand you have to have a variety of guys shooting the ball, but you know, it's like sometimes you just gotta like read it and be like, No, I think this guy's going off right now, so why don't I Try to at least like set something up for him instead of me just shooting it. But uh I didn't think there was any of that. You know, it's just he just played well off the fact that Brunson was going crazy and Randall was still kind of Randall and all that. And, and Grimes was like the de facto like spot up shooting guy for the most part in this game too. So I'll take it. I mean, it, it was RJ was a plus in this game. Period. That's it. I mean, everybody pretty much everybody was plus actually i, I don't know and now I'm, you know i haven't pulled up my my uh box score in a minute but was anyone a minus in this game no not a single one Obi happen was the closest to just a plus two in this game but everybody was a plus but rj himself i thought was was good i thought he had a good game so anyway i think that's all i got to say about this one so thank you all for listening Thanks for gloating with me. Uh, One more time, in case you missed it somehow. The Knicks scored 142 points in regulation and 81 points in the first half against the Brooklyn Nets. They led them by 30 at one point. Coincidentally, that's also the same amount of points that Jalen Brunson had in the first half. Thank you all for listening. We'll have some more episodes coming this week, including another game recap on uh, Friday night for Saturday. So till then, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out.